Welcome to Married by Design, Life Dominating Sin. Are there struggles in your life that are captivating your heart and leading you to failure and discouragement? Do we have to live a life of constant struggle? That's what we'll be looking at in this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design this week. This is the last episode in the series that we've entitled Handling Life's Issues. We've had a great time going through a number of heart issues in the Christian's life, from fear, anger, depression, and lust. We looked at the challenges that any Christian can face, and not just the challenges, but we've looked at the biblical solutions and how to overcome these areas in your life. We hope that as you've listened to these episodes that you've been encouraged and now have a plan to work through these hard issues to come to a better practice in your Christian life. And not only that, but we wanted to share this series in order for you to be a counselor and an encourager of others. There's going to be people you interact with that are struggling with these issues, and now, hopefully, you have the tools and understanding to know how to respond to them and how to encourage them, how to give them counsel, how to admonish them. There's so many people struggling in the world today looking for answers, and they're not finding them and are dissatisfied with man's wisdom. All these philosophies and foolish ideas don't really answer the issues of life. You can spend endless time on podcasts and YouTube trying to find the answers, but the answers are found in God's Word. That's right. God really does know our heart, our weaknesses, and He has the biblical solutions that start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to study the truth of the Word and be immersed in it to change our thinking and how we look at life and our own purposes and goals. We need to begin to apply the Word of God in our life and rely on the Holy Spirit to give us the power to live the victorious Christian life. But sadly, there are a number of Christians who don't live the victorious life. They find themselves accepting vain philosophies and saddled in some particular sin. There's a dark cloud hanging over their spiritual life because they've been captivated by some sin and enslaved to it, and they don't believe there's a way out. They feel trapped in their sin and believe that they have to live a mediocre, nominal Christian life. There's something that they've given into that controls them, even though God has promised victory and a joyful Christian life. That's what we want to look at in this last episode, Life Dominating Sins. That is the sin choice that we make that leads to controlling our hearts and our behavior. Again, fear, anger, lust can take such a hold on a person that they lose all hope that they can actually move past these issues. They are saddled and controlled by lust or pornography, bitterness and anger, panic attacks, and they don't see any way out and don't think that they'll ever get past it. Christians find themselves dominated by anger and bitterness. They're controlled by a resentful spirit and hold on to offenses. Or maybe you find that your anxiety and fear is so crippling and so controlling that you're staying up all night anxious about unrealized fears. You've had multiple panic attacks and fear has such a grip on you that you can't function. And that's what we're looking at in this episode, because the reality is that there's no sin that needs to dominate your life if you're a child of God. You can allow sin to dominate your life if you allow it to, but you do have a choice. And we hope that we will give you some hope and encouragement 
even if you face repeated failure and struggle. Let's first talk about a life, what a life-dominating sin is. It sh- should be pretty straightforward. It's a sin that dominates your heart, your thinking, and your actions. It's a sin that is controlling you and dominating your life. And the key is that you're allowing it to. You're not being controlled by biblical principles or the Spirit, but you're being driven by your desires and your sinful choices. Any sin can become life-dominating. The more that we cultivate and feed the monster, the more that it will control us. Any sin from anger, bitterness, fear, lust, pride can grow to a point where it controls and dominates our thinking and our life, where it affects the way that we treat people and what we do. That's right. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Note that last statement. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Here is a choice that the Apostle Paul made. He was in a place in his life where there was no life-dominating sin. Jesus said the same thing in John chapter 8, verse 34. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Anyone, again, who practices sin is a slave to it. What are you practicing? What is the habit of your life? Are you practicing fear or lust? Jesus made it very clear that we're enslaved by that which we practice. Don't kid yourself. If your habit is an area of sin, you're a slave to it. We see a good picture of the darkness of slavery in Exodus. The children of Israel were in the land of Egypt because of the famine. But that evolved over the years from being free individuals under Joseph to being the slaves of the Egyptians. Uh, The Egyptians were hard taskmasters, as we can see in the beginning chapters of Exodus. And that's what can happen in the Christian life. If you're not careful, we can allow sin to begin to rule over us and become a master. Sin is a terrible taskmaster when... You were enslaved to sin. There was only grief, despair, guilt, and shame. But if you're there, we want to encourage you. This whole session is about how to throw off life-dominating sin. The reality is that if you recognize that you are a slave to a certain sin, if you're dominated by it, that Christ came to set you free. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are forgiven of your past sins by the cross. But God also gives us, in Christ, power over the sin that we struggle with in this life. This is what Romans chapter 6 through 8 is all about. If you ever had a doubt that there's an area of your life that you can't be victorious over, you need to read and reread those chapters. Paul writes in Romans 6 verse 6 that we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. I love that so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Then he writes in verse 11, So you must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Paul goes on in verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Here Paul is just beginning this introduction into the idea that for the Christian, There should not be any life-dominating sin. We are not to be a slave to sin. His conclusion in chapter 8 is that we are overwhelming conquerors in Christ. That doesn't sound at all like a slave to sin. That sounds like a Christian who is victorious over sin. 
Now, Paul never suggests that we will be free from sin. While you're in this life, you have to face sin and temptation. You'll never be perfect, but that doesn't mean it has to dominate your life. Peter in 1 Peter 1 verse 14 writes, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since as it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You are to be holy in your conduct. That's right. Peter would not call us to do something that we're not able to do. Again, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. Peter writes that the Christian is set apart to do what is right. Uh, Peter goes on in chapter 2 to explain that. And Paul writes the same thing in Philippians chapter 2. He writes in verse 14, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Paul was calling the Philippians to be blameless and innocent. Now, Paul and Peter were not teaching sinless perfection in this life. They were encouraging believers to see that they can live a life of victory and be lights in the darkness. They can live a righteous life not dominated by sin. This is a standard that Paul calls leaders to. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, Paul writes that an elder should be above reproach. Again, that's not perfection, but it means that nobody can make an accusation against them. They have a clear conscience and are not controlled by any sin. There are no serious flaws in their character. Paul would not call individuals to the qualification if they were not able to achieve that. Peter would not call us to live holy lives if it wasn't possible. What does it look like then to live a life without life dominating sin? To be above reproach, you should be able to see a pattern of righteousness in your life. That sin is infrequent and incidental rather than a regular part of your life. You need to be at a place where sinful thoughts don't dominate your mind, but are merely passing temptations that you put aside. You're not controlled by those thoughts. You should be able to live a life of confidence and faith in the Lord and what He is going to do rather than shame, guilt, and doubt. You should be growing in your faith rather than stalled or shrinking back. To become an overwhelming conqueror. That's Paul's call to believers in the book of Romans. He explains the power of the cross and redemption in chapters 1 to 5. And he adds to that wonderful truth, the victorious Christian life, and how to live it in Romans 6 through 8. We encourage you to read over and over chapters 6 to 8 and let it sink into your heart and give you the hope that through Christ you can overcome life-dominating sin. Let's take a brief look at Paul's teaching in these chapters. Right. In chapter 6, Paul points out that we should not settle into sin, but see that we have a new identity and we should act as freed slaves of sin, not trapped by sin as a lifestyle. Romans 6.1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
we should walk in newness of life. We need to embrace the truth that we are now dead to sin in verses 7 and 11. Disconnected, unresponsive to its pull. As a result, we must make the choice to not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. That's in verse 12. In verse 14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. Verse 22, But now that you have been set free from sin, and you have become slaves of God. In chapter 7, Paul explains the struggle that we have with sin, the pull of sin and the frustration with temptation. We've all seen that. We've all felt wretched and asked, who will deliver us from this? The crucible of temptation can be a place of victory when we know our identity as slaves of righteousness that refuse to submit to the old master's sin. And the answer is in Romans chapter 8. God has given us his spirit to empower us. We have a choice to make to set our minds on the things of the spirit. That can we, we can reject the fleshly desires and live the life of victory. In verse 11, God will give life to your immortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You need to see yourself as an heir and child and be led by the spirit, not by the flesh. God is faithful and he will accomplish the victory as you seek him die to self and are led by the spirit victory over any sin what a great section study it see that god calls you to live holy and blameless and has given you everything to live a godly life again not a perfect life but a godly life first peter 1 uh, verse 3 it says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us to his own glory and excellence Well, let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you for each person listening for us. Lord, help us to see, Lord, that we don't need to be living in a dark cloud of of sin controlling us and dominating our life, but there is victory, God. We realize we'll never be perfect, Father, but you've given us a, a, a way so that we can not be slaves to sin, but be slaves to righteousness and live for you, Father. Help us to believe that. Help us to read those chapters in Romans and know and have a confidence that you will do that in us in jesus name amen well that's it thanks for being with us what great truth to change lives god really does give us all that we need to handle the issues of life again you can email us if you have any questions and would you share this podcast with someone right now that maybe is struggling with a life dominating sin well thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next time on married by design 